what was so shocking is these limiting beliefs and how they just manifest. You talk about, you know, the law of attraction and different things like that, that the subconscious has such a powerful impact on our lives. And for me, again, this process, because I'm now on a planned sabbatical, I've been able to pay attention to my life. I've been able to pay attention to those thoughts and pay attention to when I'm in a good place and doing the affirmations and manifesting, the stuff comes quick. And before I wasn't paying attention to it. It was just like, oh, okay, it just happened to show up. It's serendipity. But no, it's the seeds that you plant that come back to you and they don't, your subconscious doesn't know where there's negative or positive. So that is the most shocking to me to be able to pay attention to these threads and how these things happen. And so I, I, I thank God for the blessing to be able to do that in addition to, you know, realizing my dream in terms of, you know, doing other things. So yeah, it's, that was the most surprising thing. And again, it paying attention to your life. If you do nothing else or take anything else away from what I say, like now is the time, like stop. I don't care where you're at in your career, what um, deadlines you have, just start paying more attention to your life and what your sense of happiness and growth is going to look like. Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host, Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self-care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over 10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to Why She's Winning. I'm your host, Christy Rutherford. And today I have the amazing, phenomenal, talented, brilliant, gorgeous. Why you got on a sweater, girl? You in Chicago? Is it Chicago? You know it is. It's still wintertime. What's this well? Okay, we're going to keep on moving. Christina Steen up in Chicago with the sweater. And I got on the tank top. Look at how we can exist in the same world and have different experiences. Yes. All right. Christina is an executive level communications leader. Her area of expertise is in public relations, marketing, corporate communications, diversity, equity, and inclusion, global communications, crisis, and issues management. She is an award-winning marketing communications expert who previously served as the executive vice president of a client relations for executive vice president of client relations for a boutique agency in Chicago. Her brand experience includes Cox communications, blue cost blue shield association, Nielsen, Dow chemical, Nike, Chicago, city of Chicago, and several more in various industries. Christina has been recognized as one of PR weeks, 40 under 40 rising stars, Aerial Investments, ow, and WVON 1690, 40 Game Changers in Chicago. She's also received numerous awards for her marketing communications. She and her husband live in Chicago and Atlanta. She has a BS in journalism from the University of Illinois at Urbana Campaign and her MA in strategic communication from the University of Missouri. Columbia School of Journalism. Welcome, Christina. 
Thank you, Christy. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> okay, all right. We got we got the ladies lighting up the comments while I was looking down. So, hey everybody. Uh, Robin, Marla, Jennifer, Leandra, Hockey, Dion King. Hey Dion. Uh, Maria. Okay, okay, okay. So, Christina. Yes, Christy. What was going on with you when you were like, you know what? I need to do something different. Mm. Let's see. It was the perfect storm of it was the end of the year. And so we're going into a new year. So it's all that New Year's resolution energy. How am I going to change my life energy? I was put on the path of an unplanned sabbatical from a role that I had been in for a number of years. And I was just like, this is the time to do something different. And I, of course, you and I have known each other for a couple of years. Um, we had this really great lunch meeting together where you kind of just gave me a synopsis of who you are and what you do. And you sent me some of the things that you were, you know, had been doing. But that was years ago. And I was like, oh, OK, this is good. It's real good information, real inspirational. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I wasn't like deep into it. I didn't like sit with it. I just kind of like processed it and moved on. So you have been doing a series of posts around the work that you've been doing with women from a salary standpoint, from a, you know, just a life change standpoint. And I had just kind of this, again, this perfect storm of, I want to do something different, but I can't do this by myself. Like I can read all the books by myself. I can look at all the YouTube videos by myself. I can go to a one day conference and think that I'm going to change for the rest of my life. But I felt I needed a connection with someone who appeared to be helping a bunch of other people. And quite frankly, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. So and I was kind of in a uncertainty that can be uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for me. So I reached out to you, told you what the situation was. You hit me with your analogy of how I was not kind of owning my power and not shining and not realizing who I was. And I was like, okay, you're right, you're right. And this is Chicago, so it's going to be some you know, noise in the background. Um, and committed to working with you. And here we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got two things I want to unpack in that. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I put up a post the other day on Facebook. I ain't do it for LinkedIn yet because I just I like to test some of my uh, risque stuff on Facebook first. <laughs> but I said, stop looking for a hundred thousand dollar breakthrough in a $10 book. Right. And some some people laughed and then one lady forwarded and then all her uh, followers ended up doing a whole dissertation. I got time for that. Like either it hit you in the head or it didn't. Does that right. make sense? I don't have yes. time to go back and forth for 30 people to justify the comment that I said. Right. And I say all that to say is women, strong women, powerful women, control freak women who want to do it all by ourselves. We get stuck because they, we can only go so far by ourselves. Right. And at a certain point, we have to say, OK, you know what? I'm going to get out of my way. Acknowledging that you need help, quote unquote, is not a sign of weakness. It's mm -hmm. a sign of awareness right. that I can't do this by myself. Mm -hmm. So what was, let's unpack that a little bit, because that's where a lot of women are. Like I talked to a lot of women, they're like, oh, I'm, Chris, I'm just going to read your book. And I'm like, yeah, all right, good, great. Mm -hmm. But it's, but that is only going to take you so far. So why do you, why were you 
I would say, you know, in the past two years, why were you resistant or why did you just try to do it all on your own? And I don't know if you can answer that question, but I want to ask you. No, it's a good question. And what you put up is exactly correct. Um, It wasn't that the investment was a problem for me from a financial standpoint. It was the commitment. It was when we talked and you asked me, you ready? I'm like, okay, what does that really mean? It means my time. It means I'm going to prioritize this work. I'm going to show up for this process and this program. And it, it for the results, like you can't, what do they say? You, you can't do the same thing and think you're going to get different results. Like I needed different results. And so I needed to put myself on a track to get to those different results. So Uh, Yes, books are helpful. Books are great. But the expertise and the investment of executive coaching, it's it it was something that like I see other people do. And maybe I didn't even think I was deserving of it. Right. Uh, Maybe I didn't think I was deserving of it. Um, But what I know is what you put in yourself, whether it's what you eat, exercise, like this is all a part of that. This is all a part of your maintenance, your self-preservation. And I'm now a mid-careerer, like as much as I don't want to admit that, I'm at the midpoint of my working years. And I needed to just step back and say, what am I, what what do I want to do for the next half? And what is the attitude and perspective and mindset that I want to have? moving forward. And so for me, it was a a mind shift to say, I'm going to prioritize this work and knowing that the the foundation that you lay within the work that you do with the women you work with is for the rest of my life. It's not just for the, the length of the program, the hour that we spend together on the phone. It is for the rest of my life. And so that investment for me is I'm shifting my perspective on everything. And it's a work. For me, it's a work to undo negative thinking, limited beliefs, pessimism. Um, I would always feel like if I'm not expecting a lot, it's a sort, it's a sense of protection. It's an emotional protection because if I don't set my high, my uh, goals too high and then I don't make it, it's like okay, then I don't have to feel bad that I didn't reach what I wanted to reach. And that's like the worst way of thinking when you think about the goals that you want to have in your life. So this has been a lot of energy to turn around 40 some odd years of perspective and mindset. So yeah, that that's what I would share with that. Okay, all right. <laughs> so let's talk about commitment, right? Cause you know, I'm like this, you ready? And why won't we commit to ourselves, Christina, right? We commit to our jobs all day. We all commit day. to a commute. You got to commit to a commute. Do you hear me? You know, we'll commit to making other people happy. We'll commit to our families. You know, why is it so hard for women to commit to ourselves? And then wonder why we miserable and stuck and, and stuck, right? Like we won't give the same fervor and intensity and desire for change more than we'll want to change our bosses, right? Like it takes a lot of power to be like, hey, I wish everybody in my office would change. It was one point when I was when I was on my way out of here, when I was melting down, that I would ride by my office. I hope that the building would implode. <laughs> I, would, I would drive by the office, Christina, and keep on going. 
Mm-hmm. I just keep going down the road about 15 minutes down the road. Be like this. You know, you got to turn around and go to work. Right? right. So that takes time. But I wasn't willing to look in the mirror until it was too late. So mm-hmm. I like it when, you know, women change through inspiration and not complete and total mental and physical destruction, desperation. Right. So, uh, congratulations on that. So mm-hmm. what was what was um, shocking to you? about yourself when you started to dig into, you know, some of the work and and look in the mirror, what was shocking to you? What was shocking to me? And just to, to go back to your point around why women don't commit for themselves, I'm still trying to figure that out because my goal is to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. Um, and one of your coaches said, well, you know, Christina, some people write a book in a weekend and you're literally trained. Like you went to, of top journalism school, you are in public relations, you write for other people all the time, but you don't show up for yourself. And to me, procrastination is tied to perfectionism and this need to be perfect and this need to want everything to be right, to not make any mistakes. And that's something that I'm still unpacking. And I think that's my my fear related to commitment as a woman. But I'll show up for other people and go above and beyond. I'll be the best mentor. I'll be the best leader. I'll be the best. I'm an advocate. I'm going to advocate all day for you to get what you need, but still have, you know, my my issues. So just wanted to answer that. But I think for me, what was so shocking is these limiting beliefs and how they just manifest you talk about, you know, the law of attraction and different things like that, that the subconscious has such a powerful impact on our lives. And for me, again, this process, because I'm now on a planned sabbatical, I've been able to pay attention to my life. I've been able to pay attention to those thoughts and pay attention to when I'm in a good place and doing the affirmations and manifesting, the stuff comes quick. And before I wasn't paying attention to it. It was just like, oh, okay, it just happened to show up. It's serendipity. But no, it's the seeds that you plant that come back to you and they don't, your subconscious doesn't know whether it's negative or positive. So that is the most shocking to me to be able to pay attention to these threads and how these things happen. And so I, I, I thank God for the blessing to be able to do that in addition to you know, realizing my dream in terms of, you know, doing other things. So yeah, it's, that was the most surprising thing. And again, it paying attention to your life. If you do nothing else or take anything else away from what I say, like now is the time, like, stop. I don't care where you're at in your career, what um, deadlines you have, just start paying more attention to your life and what your sense of happiness and growth is going to look like. Woo! Christina bringing the heat today. You know, I wanted to I wanted to title this something like perfectionism suffocates your dreams. You think you perfect, but you not. Da 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 da. And I didn't know if he was going to admit to it. You know, I like to call y'all out like that. I, I let y'all say it. And then I kick the door up and be like, great, since we're in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Great, since we're here, let's talk about perfectionism. Yeah. Um, you know, because perfectionism, we're taught to 
you know, not everybody, right? But certain, but certain women are taught to walk the straight line, to do everything right, to wear your hair properly. To I was talking to somebody the other day who, you know, her parents were, uh, you know, some of the most educated people in a small town. So of course she had to show up and she's like, she shows up with a pleasing personality at work. And I was like, and she can't get ahead because people don't trust that. People don't trust that you always have the pleasing personality. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? At a yeah. senior level, they will prefer for you to be a jerk or crazy. They're going to lock the door anyway. But they really don't like somebody who walks around like Mary Poppins at the senior <laughs> leadership because it's not authentic. Right? Does that make sense? Yep. And so how, how did some of the things that you know, you grew up with imperfectionism. How did that show up today? Because you said you started to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. You can't change what you can't acknowledge. Right. So a lot of women are trapped, stuck in bondage, have no idea because they can't see it. And I come over and drag y'all in the head <laughs> and be like, you know, you can be better. Right. Yeah. Um, and for you, I, I want to piggyback and make that the second part of you not acknowledging how bad ASS you are. I'm like, so you don't know, huh? And you were like, no, I said, you have no idea <laughs> like how great you are. Why can't you see that? But let's talk about the whole perfectionism piece first. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> so yes, here we go indeed. Um, so I think the root, I had to dig in, in this work that we've done, the root of it was in my childhood. I grew up in a very Huxtable-like situation, two-parent household, sisters. My father was an FBI agent and a very well-accomplished person. Went to Morehouse, had his MBA. Like we came, we grew up in that type of framing. So for me, I don't know if I adopted it early on just as a child to be the best student, to be the best daughter, to be the best example of my race, right? So we have that as well to kind of consider. And even in just school being the model student, I adopted that to be model for everyone else. And so I'm always going to show up in this way that is the best representation of my community, of my family, and that, you know, that was what it was. Now, the pressure came and I kind of had what I call a quarter life crisis when I graduated from graduate school. 9-11 happened, September 11th happened. And in my industry, there were no jobs. So I'm coming out of graduate school and I got this whole master's and I can't get a job. I can't find a full time job in my industry. They were laying off people, not you know, taking roles away. And I had to go back home and live with my parents. And that was where the perfectionism like really got that wall came down. I was like, wait, I did everything right. I checked all the boxes. I got straight A's. I, you know, wasn't in trouble. Didn't, you know, have a didn't, you know, hold up a bank while I was in school. Like all the things that I was told, if you did this, you will yield this. That didn't happen for me. And so I that was a point in life where I kind of had to have my little quarter life crisis and then dust myself off, get to these job fairs, look for a job at 20 some years old. I went to two job fairs, had the same suit on. The people was at one fair. They was at another fair. They said, oh, we see you again. I said, yeah, y'all got a job this time. Like I started getting bold in my (laughs) like indignation around you lead a certain type of life that doesn't mean you're going to get these results. And so that was something that I unpacked during this work. And then 
again, when I was transitioned into a sabbatical, I felt that I had done everything right. I felt that I had mentored people and, you know, brought in business and all these things. But this transition wasn't about me, but it was an opportunity that I was going to take to learn more about who I was. And this thing around my writing, that's kind of like the last wall that I need to pull down, like, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall. Like, that's the thing that I need to take down is being a perfectionist around my writing and knowing that I've had my 10,000 hours that Malcolm Gladwell talks about. I've done it for so many other people. But when it comes to my own work, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my stuff. So I need to get through that, get over it and move and move through. And I think that's kind of, you know, where I'm at right now in my work. Well, we got we got you for another month, so don't worry about it. We go, we go. Either you gonna run through that wall, or I'm gonna drag you through that wall. It's whichever way you want to be. You've right. seen what it looks like, so yes, I have. <laughs> Let's talk about. You know, you said in the beginning, and I, I'm gonna come all the way back to it. You said, you know, everybody has this. Um, Everybody has something that I said to them that was quote unquote offensive when we got on the phone in our first conversation. Everybody got something. I just told you that you was awesome. Like, you know, I'm going, it's, you can't change what you are willing to see. I don't know if I said something offensive. You got to remind me because I, because I talked to a lot of people, but what you said was, and even you, you said, you know, it's me, you know, you gave this kind of analogy of me not owning my power, right? Like, like that was offensive to you. I mean, I don't know if that was the worst thing that I said to you, but it's the way you what? described it, Christy. Okay, go ahead. Tell us about it. <laughs> you told me, and it was Christmas time. You told me I'm one of those Christmas decorations that people have on their lawn that deflates during the day, but at night when it gets some air, it goes up and it's woo, 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 and then you go back and you're deflated. You're that, and yeah, da, da, da. I was like. First of all, I'm I'm hurt because I've just had this big transition in life, and then you telling me I'm a deflated Christmas ornament. <laughs> yes, praise the Lord. Yes, I did. I remember it clearly now. Oh yeah, I said you like the deflated snowman laying on the ground, right? Like you laid on the ground. Yep. And then, but this is the thing. You. That's so funny. <laughs> yes, I did say that. You had everything. You're in full construct. You're not missing anything. That's what I was getting to in, in the offensive way. You just don't have no air. You're just not inflated. You lay flat on the ground, right? Yeah. All we got to do is figure out what lever do we need to push? What blockages do we need to remove from the from the line to be able to inflate you so you can wave at people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, so, so, Christy, we went from you a deflated Christmas ornament so then you said, Christina, if I could grant you three wishes, what would they be? And the, the emotional part of that was my wishes were not big enough. And I, I was like, wow, I, that's it. I, I, that's it. Like, you're right. They're not. They're not. They're rooted in safety and protection and negative limited beliefs. Woo. Woo. Yes. I, I just had to say that because that was so sad. That was so sad. Great. You needed that shaking. Yeah. Uh, the women are hollering, by the way, the clients. You can see them. They are <laughs> hollering. Um, 
But but compared to what I said, right, in December to now, what are your thoughts around it? Like, was it true? It was true. It was true because even though I have maybe I have some external visibility, just given the work in the industry that I work in, it was perfunctory external visibility. It wasn't my necessarily my brand or really where I wanted to be for myself. It, a lot of it was external for on behalf of and I work in public relations. So I'm I'm typically a behind the scenes, you know, puppet master of messaging and things like that. So I'm used to that. But there's also, again, as a mid-career, what is it that I want to be moving forward? How do I want to show up moving forward? How do I, to your point, you put in your uh, newsletter, the iconic Christina Steed, like I chuckled at that and I said, oh, to my husband, Christy called me iconic. He was like, why can't you own that? Why can't you own that? I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. So let's let's unpack it, right? Because you are. I said that. I meant that. Um, here's the thing, right? And I, I wrote it down. I'm gonna write about it one day. One day. One day. Uh, but I like dragging y'all through the mud right now. <laughs> perfectionism is trauma, right? Yeah. Like perfectionism is trauma. So we, you know, we work with a lot of women. Some women have childhood trauma where, you know, parents were abusive to the, to the mom or, you know, to the dad or, you know, parents had a lot of challenges, but you grew up in the hustables, mm -hmm. right? And my mom and them used to say, when I wanted a jerry curl, a big wheel and an easy bake oven, where I was denied all three <laughs> that went in the hustables, right? So looking at you, I would say you had the childhood that I wanted, mm -hmm. but here's the thing. This will also suffocate you in your challenges because you had the childhood that everybody wanted. So who can you really tell? Like you don't have no real problems is what people will look at you. You're gorgeous, you're talented, you're married. Like, you know, you have a house in Atlanta and Chicago. So can Christina Steed really have some stuff that she could unpack? And we all have some stuff that we need to unpack. So what was, what was it like in the group, right? Like a lot of women asked me to do one-on-one and I'm like, no, I don't do one-on-one. Like the group is just so dynamic is, 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 is unmatched. So what was surprising to you about the group dynamic um, and, and the women that you met? So the group dynamic is so important. Um, it's, you see how similar your stories are, your narratives are, your experiences are, the speed or the reluctance on people's journey. Like, you know, people are open about it. Like some people were saying, you know, I'm struggling with this. I need to reread this stuff or re-listen to this stuff because like my mind is able to process it, but my soul and my heart, I'm, it's something is in conflict and you see it play out. And then when you hear someone's kind of one-on-one -on -one between the, the conversation between the coach and the client, you are it's a, it's different than talk therapy. And I was so I'm partnered with someone in the group. Um, hey, Diane, if you listen, hey, girl, hey. Um, and when we all were in this call together, the things that she was saying, I was like, Diane's like a mirror reflection of me. Like she's saying the things that I'm feeling 
And even in, as you like, you know, do your thing where you hit people over the head with stuff, like I can, her breakthrough is also my breakthrough. I'm seeing it's just happening with somebody else on a different level. And also whether it's in my life now that I'm going through that is something that I'm tucking away for when, you know, I get to a point where I might go through that similar experience. And for me, you know, just to be clear, you know, my life is not a crystal stair. I have had health challenges that have definitely set me back that because of my perfectionism, I don't feel comfortable being vulnerable and talking about them publicly. So I'll just say that, right? Um, but it's also, there's power in vulnerability. We talked a lot about familial relationships within the group. Some people have great relationships with their mothers, others, not so much. And all are welcome. It's all, you know, an experience. No one's judging. It's just we're all women going through these things um, with our managers, with our families, with our children, with our, you know, friends. And we're all in this kind of thing, this space together and learning and knowing that no matter what age or what stage of life you're at, you can always learn. You can always do something different. Change is available to you. Happiness is available to you. All these things are choices. And again, when you talk about making an investment in executive coaching, about this change in your life, you have to make space and time for it. You do because you're, again, it's you're showing up for yourself. And that's where I've gotten the most benefit out of this is that I've been able to be hyper focused on this change and paying attention to my life, listening for things, looking for those opportunities. I attract, I don't chase. So it is, you know, because of this work, I'm able to be keyed in on my intuition and keyed in on those things. Like you don't put me on the Earl Nightingale, I'm listening to that on repeat so that it can just be embedded in my mind in terms of how far I can go. And yes, you did a post on LinkedIn where you were also talking about how gorgeous you were. And I was like, who does that? But I love that. Like, I love that she says that because it's facts. It's hashtag facts on God. You are telling the truth. And I just, you know, I have never spoken like that my whole life. And it's something that I'm, again, coming into around who I am. Like you said, you read my bio. You like, your, acc your accolades ain't high enough. <laughs> So now I got to change that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mean when in, on LinkedIn post when I said you were gorgeous or me? Because I talk about how fine I am. You. When you oh, said okay. it. Again, it's because you said it. I'm like, that's true. But yes. I would never say that. You know, it's, and it's I don't know. I know where it comes from. Again, childhood. Don't yeah. want to be perceived as conceited. Don't want to be perceived, perceived, perceived by others as yeah. such. Not owning the facts those are facts so yeah, yeah. Well, you know it's interesting i was thinking people will allow us to suffocate in perfectionism too yeah. because we can't like people look at people look at other i would just say people in general is not necessarily women right like we have the whole colorism thing don't even get me started in that you know in our community but we always think that nobody's going through stuff something people look at white women and be like they ain't going through nothing you be like oh no oh no they they suffocating and they going crazy too like we're going crazy too indian women are catching it too like it doesn't matter where you're from everybody is going through something either you going through something you going into something or you coming out of something so <laughs> it is right. a cycle right mm -hmm. and so we walk around as super women 
And you talked about on behalf of, like you're the puppet master in the background and you're going through something. And so I was looking at yesterday, reading a post where um, the um, Chelsea Christ, right? The former Mm -hmm. Miss USA who committed suicide. She was going through something. We need to be able to strong women, super women, women who have it all, Mm -hmm. women who've checked all the boxes, women who walk around like we're perfect, we have to be able to tell somebody that we are suffocating, mm-hmm. right? We have to be able to tell somebody and to the kids, have them hear us. And that's the problem is, I remember when I was telling, you know, some of my friends, I'm in trouble. They was like, oh, nothing. That's that's nothing. Listen to what happened to me. And I'm like, did you, did you just hear me though? So because I'm Christy Rutherford, the brand, I'm Lieutenant Commander Rutherford. I'm the, you know, the workaholic. I'm the one who's crushing it. I'm the mentor to everybody. So when Christy, the suffering soul, was telling people that she's suffering, people did not hear me. They just heard my brand. So I I offer that to women because it's not fair for us to go out and do all these things and have all these degrees and check all these boxes and then be in trouble and can't tell nobody. That ain't Mm -hmm. cool. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And a lot of us function in that role in our families where we're the ones where everyone depends on and, you know, you're the social director, you are the, you know, person who comes in and organizes things. But then when you have an issue, you're looking around like, okay. And and literally all I need is an ear. All I need is someone to recognize that I'm going through something. And, you know, when you're the strong one and you need to be vulnerable, a lot of people can't take that. Yep. Yep. So let's talk about, you know, you said I attract, don't chase. Like I tell women, y'all need to stop fighting and start flowing. You don't have to fight for what you are aligned to receive. There is so much more waiting for you. And you know, I like to prove myself right. Everybody knows that Kristen likes to be right. Yeah. And, and, you know, but here's the thing, Christina, nobody is telling us that, that the next level is easy. Nobody is telling us that we don't work, have to work 10 times as hard to get it. Nobody is telling us that we have all the intellectual property that we need. If we just turn around and put a price tag on what we have, we don't have to go out and get another degree to be able to increase our value. We're valuable as is. Mm -hmm. So what did you mean by attract, don't chase? And what piece of advice do you have for women who are on the line who think that they need to do more um, to get to the next level as opposed to just be more? So for me, it was I had to let go a little bit of the control of what I thought something should be and let God in, universe in, Buddha in, like wherever you're at in terms of connecting beyond yourself, beyond, you know, what you feel you can do because you have the skills within you, everything that you need is within you. And you know, as an accomplished, you know, top flying person, if you don't know it, you about to know it, you're going to figure it out. You're going to learn about it. So that's not the issue. So I think the, (laughs) the, the stumbling block for people is you do feel like you got to grind. You got to, you know, just, you know, it's getting to that next level is going to be so hard. And when I talk about the whole, I don't chase, I attract, these opportunities that I have now, the seeds were planted years ago through 
the 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 work and being you know committed to my craft being an ever-evolving student making networks and connections to people and just being a good you know employee friend industry partner whatever to the point where now stuff is just rolling in and i have not had to go running to get this consulting work or this opportunity is coming to me because of what I've built over the years. And so, I, you know, I, people easy is a word that is like a trigger for people. Like it's, it's, I, it's just not as, I think it's not as grindy as you think it's going to be because you've already done it. You've, you've paid the way it's been paid. Like it's done. So let it be done. Okay, all right. Whew, so good. Um, Cause here's the thing, right? You didn't plan it. God have greater. So, so what's the difference in you know your quality of life today? Because we're what we're in April. This is April. Then, then, then where you were in December? Cause you, cause you fresh out of the program, right? You still got a couple more weeks, but. What's been the difference in your overall quality of life between December and April? So I have more peace. I have more confidence. I you um, I have affirmations in my life that really guide a lot of my thinking for the day. So I start my day like that. I'm really invested in caring for myself more and not just rushing out to do something for somebody else. Um, and again, I think it's a blessing to have this toolbox, the toolkit now to pay attention to my life, to pay attention to the things that I want to do that bring me joy, um, that make me a better human walking around on this earth. So I'm in a place where the world truly is my oyster. Like there are opportunities beyond what I could have ever imagined going into this next phase. I thought I was going to be um, doing another full-time job and, you know, just getting, rolling back into kind of the, the systemic way that I was living my life. And now things have happened and shifted where that's not necessarily the path for me right now. And it's a very exciting, creative, um, giving birth to new things time for me. And part of it is scary. <laughs> and the other part of it is so refreshing, so breakthrough, so like it's the world is, is just beyond what I could have ever imagined. And so my frame of mind is better. My approach to, you know, thinking through different opportunities is better. I don't feel so pressured. I felt extremely pressured. And, and the pressure was my own. But let's be clear. Like, it, it wasn't nobody else. Like, my husband was like, like do whatever. You know, you're good. Um, my friends were like, girl, this is great. Like, we are so happy for you. Like, you know, my skin cleared up. Like, <laughs> I'm able to be consistent with my massages and, you know, things that I like to do. So it was pressure for myself around what I thought success was chasing titles moving up a you know a ladder within an organization having this certain type of compensation package which you know still want to be in that space and can be it's just it just looks different it just looks different so you know here's the thing you got what you wanted 
And, and that's the thing. It didn't come packaged in the way that you thought it was going to come packaged. Right. Like, I wanted this life that I live today, but I was trying to get my check because I was three and a half years from my pension, girl. I was not leaving my secure money. Mm-hmm. And so we come to a crossroads and God is like, do you want it or not? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I want my money first. So he had to drag me out of my job. All right. <laughs> oh. Kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. I mean, like straight claws in the woods, splinters in my nails. I was not trying to leave my check. Let's be clear. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. And we talked about this, you know, on our call. I got what I wanted. I have the peace that I want. I have the joy that I want. I have the quote unquote career that I want. And and so how can I be mad at the how, the circumstances, how it happened? Now the circumstances were true. Mm-hmm. And had I seen my boss in the alley six months later, <laughs> that would have been a misunderstanding. But a okay. year later, a year, it took a year for me to learn forgiveness because I really got what I wanted. So I have to forgive the story of how I got it. Um, So can we talk about forgiveness, Christy? Yes, please. So I know that's a big part of your teachings. And I am still on that road to forgiving my past self. Because there's even an instance where I had a serious health issue, had to, had an emergency surgery. Two weeks later, which I should have been off for like a couple months. Two weeks later, I'm back at work. Like, like I was really needed. Like I was really that important. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, who who told me to do that? Was that me or the job? It was me. Cause I that's where I felt validated. I wasn't gonna let my body heal in the time that it needed to heal. We're two weeks later, should have been off. So the forgiveness for me. I'm still working through. And I just want to, you know, share that with the audience. Like I know, I think a lot of people are, it is the hardest thing. And again, for me, forgiveness, my perception of forgiveness was people on TV forgiving the policeman for shooting a kid. Like, uh-uh, mm, no, mm, I'm, 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 yeah. But really it's, you are giving something for something, right? And it is a whole process of healing that can take you to a different place. My mind knows that. I'm just trying to get my heart and soul and body to catch up with that. So that is the work that I'm going to continue to do. And I know you preach hard about forgiveness. Yeah, but you're still, you know, here's the thing, right? Because you're still, you you started in January, right? I think like the first, first or second Monday, it was the second Monday in January. So I, I want you to own how much work you've done and the greatest shift that you've had to be able to now pick and choose opportunities that come to you if they are commiserate with your value. So, you know, part of this conversation, we typically start a little later, um, but I wanted to show women what was possible in a very short period of time if they just chose to um, say yes to themselves. Right. And they don't have to work with me. But I mean, look at where you could be <laughs> if you chose to work with me. Anyway, um, you know, so so I don't want you to go into the 
I'm not as far as I should be. You're right where you should be, mm-hmm. right? Like you're still basking in the glow of opportunities showing up, like like a you know, almost like a Grubhub opportunity <laughs> ringing the doorbell, and you'd be like, "This, you got you got lettuce and tomato on that." Now I don't want that, right? Right. When it comes to the door and it rings the door, you'd be like, "I don't know. I feel like a Bernay sauce today. This ain't this is not where it is." <laughs> So you're still moving through the process and change. And you said it earlier, this is forever change. Mm-hmm. It's not overnight. So we're going to get to the forgiveness piece. And when when the time is right, but why go do, you know, jump into a pool of fire when you've just learned what it's like to be in joy, like full joy, like non-control. You know, I was going to also title this thing. Release your control and live your life. I was like, I don't know if I should call her control freak in public. But since you said it, you're, I own it. you're still learning that. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, you know, publicly want you to, it's mm-hmm. all right. You're, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. Once you get to a point where you've eaten all the Skittles and peanut M&Ms that you can get your hands on, right? That's what joy is like for me. <laughs> Y'all know my recipe for, for joy. Once you've had all the joy, you've experienced it, then it's God is going to put something right in front of you that you see it and you know it's available to you. You just got to access it by letting something go. So the law of sacrifice is letting go of something of a lower nature to receive something of a higher nature. So he's going to put it right in your face and you're going to be like, oh, God, what do I need to do to get it? And you're going to remember this conversation. You'll be like, oh. Yeah, I got to forgive somebody. Then it gives you a reason to let that go. And what you want is going to hit you straight in the forehead. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right. Before we close out, uh, what advice do you have for women who are, uh, you know, on the fence considering working with us and they don't really know, you know, what they should be doing with their life? So, you know, I would say to think about where do you want to be? How do you want to live your life every day? And how are you caring for yourself? And know that this type of work should be a part of your self-care. It should be. And I, I, you know, I am where I am, but I wish I would have done this earlier to be able to chart and be more confident about my career choices moving forward. So I think the time is now in your life to just kind of take stock and inventory of where you're at and figure out where you want to be. And, you know, you need outside help. You would not, you know, at least I don't do my own taxes. I hire a professional for that. If I'm going to, you know, sue somebody, I'm not going to be my own representative. Mark Twain said the man who represents himself is a fool, has a fool for a client. So you really do need to tap into external resources to to have growth, to have continuous growth. And those resources, the foundation that you get working with an executive coach will serve you. And then here's the thing. When I started telling people that I was working with an executive coach, the people who were, I would say, accomplished said, oh, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yes, that's part like absolutely. That's just part of my investment in myself. So it's also understanding you're deserving of that investment in yourself to to make yourself um, in the pers- into the person that you want to be. So I would advise people to definitely look into hiring. Definitely you, because you your results 
are like, I'm not going to say they're, they're quick, but they're, they're there. Like you are, you, when you post this stuff, like it's, it's the results speak for themselves. I'll say that. Yeah. We're not playing over here. Ain't nobody playing. Right. It's just like I said, either you're going to get through this wall, either you're going to walk through it, I'm going to drag you through it. I don't know whichever one you prefer. Y'all right. already know. Your sister's on the line. They be like, Chris is going to drag over the wall. So um, y'all can get my free case study at changenowwithchrissy.com. You know, Christine, I was supposed to do this 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 commercial at the 15-minute mark. I'm going to be doing right. But, <laughs> but the conversation is so good. Why are we breaking up all that for the conversation? But you can also get this full interview um, because this is going to be up for about three days and then I'm going to take it down and you can get the full interview at total fulfillment with Chrissy.com, my private community. It's only $497 for the year. It has all of my interviews in it. Um, courses, trainings, how to negotiate, how to get your money. You know, it's not about the money, Christina. Um, uh, you know, you talked about it earlier, like what we really do. It's, it's, it's really about the peace and the freedom to choose that you talked about. It's really about that lifelong work of becoming and now living the dream that you dreamed of and having the positive energy that you didn't necessarily know was available to you. Now that you have it, you won't go back, which is what we just talked about. And now when opportunities uh, show up, cause you ain't chasing. Now when they show up, the first question you ask is not how much does it pay, but how am I going to feel in this opportunity? Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel the way that you want to feel and be free and you know you ain't going to hustle and you know you ain't going to take a job when you have to do an hour commute, I don't care how much they pay you. You'd be like, does this job line up with the dream life that I've created? It's not a dream job unless it's an alignment with my dream life. So, um, so thank you so much for sharing thank your you. information. Thank you so much for being you. And uh, y'all have everybody. Everybody have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now, all one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.